Good morning, Hillcrest Church. My name is Pastor Brad Bergfalk. I'm the interim lead pastor here, and um, I uh, and Roxy, my wife, and I participated in the uh, trunk or treat last week, uh, weekend, or last, no, same weekend, last Friday, and uh, we, we don't have much stuff because we kind of just got here, and we don't have a, a, lock, a foot locker filled with Halloween stuff, but one of the staff members graciously gave us stuff, so we um, decorated the back of our car. So if you want to vote for us, uh, you're welcome to do that. Janie, what, what number are we? Okay. Uh, anyway, uh, it, it, it's okay. Anyway, uh, it was a good time, and I'm still on a sugar uh, high from it, so turned out okay. Um, we are beginning a new series of sermons here this morning called The Time is of the Essence. So whether you are joining us online or you're here in the, in the, in the house, as they say, we're, we're going to talk for the uh, next few weeks on sort of the overarching theme of living on purpose. How, how do we live on purpose in the midst of all of the demands, all of the uh, requests, all of the requirements that are placed upon us from a variety of places, right? Whether it's a family uh, uh, issue or schoolwork or our, our jobs, uh, it seems like living on purpose is getting more difficult all the time. And we're going to talk about that for the next uh, two, three weeks. Uh, to begin this morning, I would like for us to read a passage from the Scripture. It's Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verses 1 through 8. Ecclesiastes chapter 3, 1 through 8. Let's read this together. There is a time for everything and a season for every activity under the sun. A time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to uproot. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to tear down and a time to build up. A time to weep and a time to laugh. A time to mourn and a time to dance. A time to scatter stones and a time to gather them. A time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. A time to search and a time to give up. A time to keep and a time to throw away. A time to tear and a time to mend. A time to be silent and a time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate. A time for war and a time for peace. After my sermon in our last service, somebody came up to me afterwards and they said, I have read that passage for years. I can't tell you how many times I have read this passage and I never heard this before and it's going to change my life, a time to search and a time to give up. And I said, well, what do you mean? He goes, you don't know how much time I spend on the golf course looking for my ball. I'm not going to spend as much time as I, I have up till now. Anyway. So there we are. Have you noticed how busy life can be? Even in the midst of the pandemic that we're currently in, whatever extra time we may have had at the beginning uh, in the early uh, COVID crisis, most of our lives by now, this many months later, have kind of filled up with all kinds of very good and important things. When we think about the one thing that all of us share in common, it's time, right? It's time. No matter who we are or how important we may be, you and I have been given the gift of the same amount of time to use or to squander 60 seconds in a minute, 60 minutes in an hour, 
24 hours in a day, and I could go on and on and on, right? Sometimes time goes by so quickly when we find ourselves in, in a meaningful conversation with a cup of coffee with a friend. Have you, have you ever done that where uh, it seems like two hours goes by just like that? Or, or when we're engrossed in, in watching our favorite uh, t- television show, and we're, in fact, we're binging it on, on one of the uh, so streaming uh, networks, like uh, N- NCIS is one of the shows that Roxy and I often uh, binge watch. Then there are, there are these other times where time seems to sort of slow down, where, where time seems to crawl Every time we look at our watch, the hands on the dial have barely moved since the last time we looked at it. At first, it might seem like this gift of time is not something that we, don't, that we have much control over. Yet, I want to suggest to you that the gift of time is not only ours to use how we wish, but God's gift of time to us is exactly that. It's a gift. Today, we're going to look at God's gift of time as this first dimension of living our lives on purpose. And as I was pondering and thinking about time and wondering about how I might approach time with you in this service today, it's a little ironic because this past week, I was feeling a little pinched for time, to be honest. Um, and I, I'm not exactly sure why. Maybe it's because I, I had a couple of extra meetings that I had to be involved in or whatever. And, and then I came across this quote about time that summarizes both what I was feeling this week about time and, and, and what I really want to communicate to you today. Now, I know that those of you who are in the room can't see this. Those of you who are at home can see that the quote is, Time has a wonderful way of showing us what really matters. Time has a wonderful way of showing us what really matters. Implied, I think, in this sentence, in this quote, is the understanding that each of us has a certain amount of time in this life, right? And and then there, there are some things that we devote our time to that don't matter as much as other things, now, we may, you and I may quibble about what matters, but in the end, I think this quote is still true. Time has a wonderful way of showing us what really matters. Now, I'm sure that many of us can agree on some things that really matter uh, and that we dedicate our time to. Maybe attending a sporting event for one of our kids or our grandkids is the best use of our time because we'll say that it's something uh, that, that shows my kids or grandkids the, their priority in my life. Some of us might be able to agree that pursuing our favorite hobby, like gardening or, or painting or working on a puzzle, may be among those activities that really matter for us. And for that reason, we are willing to give time to, to those activities. But when it comes to things that don't really matter, that's where it gets a little more dicey. It's a little harder, I think, for us to define what doesn't matter. The lines aren't as clear as whether our obsession with crossword puzzles or the modern time waster TikTok qualifies as good use of our time or not. 
Now, um, please don't send me an email this week asking me why I don't like crosswords or TikTok. I'm, I'm just using these as examples, okay? Yet the truth of this quote, time has a wonderful way of showing us what really matters. It still kind of holds true. And then one of my favorite authors, J.R.R. Tolkien, he wrote a series of books called The Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit, and they've all come out in movies. And someone I spoke to recently said that they're watching those with their grandchildren right now. You know, what a great thing to do. What a great way to binge watch television is by watching uh, the Hobbit or the Lord of the Rings series with your, your kids or your grandkids. Anyway, um, J.R.R. Tolkien, uh, I think, comes a little bit closer to the sort of a biblical understanding of what time looks like when he writes, all we have to decide is what to do with the time that is given to us. All that we have to decide is what to do with the time that has been given to us. There's a sense, I think, as I read this quote, for Tolkien that time um, is important, and time is a gift from God. He doesn't say that explicitly, but I, I kind of read that into this. And what we choose to do with, with the seconds, with the minutes, with the hours, with the weeks, with the months, with the years of our life is really what's at issue. So how do, how do we measure time? That's the question. We measure our time in a variety of ways. Um, if, if, uh, if you can't see the screen right now, you would see that I have three pictures on the screen. One is a picture of a, of a pocket watch, one of those old-fashioned kind that, that gentlemen used to wear uh, with a, 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 not a string, but a chain attached to it, you know, and it, one of those kinds of watches. Another picture that's on the screen is a picture of a calendar, and there's a third picture on the screen of a grave marker. See, we, we measure our time in a variety of ways. Some of us measure our time by using a watch. And if we have an occupation that requires us to bill our clients for the hours that we spend working for them, we are likely already quite familiar with this way of measuring our time, right? Because we get paid based on the amount of minutes that we work on behalf of a client. The value of our uh, expertise in a particular field is directly related to the amount of money that we are paid. So we measure our time very carefully. Some of us measure our time by using a calendar. This past week I was sitting uh, in our apartment talking with Roxy about um, how old uh, people are who are 60 years old. And she looks at me and she says, what are you talking about? Uh, we're 59 and a half, we're gonna be 60 in like a few months. And for a brief moment, I looked at her and I said, no, you, you, you've got to be kidding. We're not that old. The calendar marks time for us, whether we are marking the years of our life or looking forward to an upcoming vacation or looking forward to winter uh, Thanksgiving break from school, whatever it is that we might be looking forward to, the calendar becomes the way we measure those larger segments of time, right? And then there's this uh, other marker for time. It's a grave marker. And if you go to any cemetery anywhere, you will notice a couple of common elements on every gravestone. 
There is the name of the person who, who occupies the grave, and usually that's on the top. Then there may be some clever summary statement uh, about their life, like William Hahn, for example, who lived from 1905 to 1980, and the statement that, that he put on his gravestone says this, I told you I was sick. Isn't that great? Made me laugh too. And then, uh, but that's, that's not the most important part of the gravestone. There's also, a usually, usually on every gravestone, a place where you have a birth date and you have the date of the death. And then between those two dates, what do you have? A dash. Between the dates is the dash. The dash is important. The dash between the dates actually represents the sum of our lives when you think about it. We attend school, we get a career, we lose a career, we find a, a, a lifelong mate or not. We purchase our first car and we crash our first car so we buy another car. We work a, a half a dozen jobs, probably in our day and age, we probably worked a dozen jobs in, in a lifetime of employment. We have children or not. We take a vacation. We take multiple vacations. And sometimes we just sit around contemplating where the time has gone. The dash. The dash between the dates will eventually de describe the sum of our lives. And then the teacher, the writer of the book of Ecclesiastes, he comes along and he says, there is a time for everything. And he begins by reminding us that there's a time where almost every aspect of our lives where we, in, we, we have to, uh, we engage in life. We, we might not have considered everything, so he actually in this passage goes on and lists a number of these sort of opposites. There's a time to be born and a time to die. Yes, I've just mentioned that. There's a time to plant and a time to uproot. You know, if you're a gardener, if, if you're in the agricultural business, you know that. There's a time to kill and a time to heal. Oh, that more healing would happen and less killing, huh? And the teacher goes on to, to encapsulate all of life in these pairs of opposites. There's a time to tear down, and there's a time to build up. There's a time to weep. And there's a time to laugh. There's a time to mourn, and there's a time to dance. There's a time for everything. Just like the dash on our grave marker will represent the sum of our lives we spend our days engaged in the activities between opposites, right? What's true for one of us is true for all of us. Well, there's two distinct words in the New Testament to describe time. There is the word chronos, from which we get the word chronology, in other words, clock time, that's the, there's the kind of time that we measure by the, the movement of the second hand on our watch. There's the measure of one day and one moment 
to the next. Chronos time is the way that we count the seconds until, until that fresh baked batch of cookies come out of the oven. Chronos time is the way we measure the minutes until our school day is over so that we can get on to doing bigger and better things. Chronos time is the time that some of us who've lived life a little while uh, are measuring the time until our retirement approaches. And I probably would be in that category. And then there is kairos time in the New Testament. There is clock time, chronos time, and there's kairos time, and this is God's time. Kairos time is not determined by seconds or minutes or hours that make up our lives. Kairos time is the right time. And at the center of Kairos time is the revelation of Jesus Christ. At the center of time toward which history points and from which history continues is a person And we get a glimpse of this, actually, when we commonly refer to the time before Christ as B.C., right? And the time after Christ as A.D. Now, I know that um, modern historical scholarship is trying to um, not use these phrases. I think they they use B.C.E. and I don't, know what, I don't know what they use. But at one point, these were the ways. And I find it kind of ironic if you think about it because as much as our secular culture is trying to uh, eliminate anything religious from our culture, the, the very way that we measure time is around the center of time who is Jesus Christ. Cairo's time, God's time, is not about increments of measurement. It's not about mastering the art of accomplishing more things in a day or more activities in a life. Kairos time is about the beginning and the middle and the end of all of life being centered in a person named Jesus Christ. Kairos time is about the quality of life that is only obtainable in Jesus. Kairos time reflects God's redemptive moment, if you will, in time, available only in and through Jesus. Are you, kind of getting, are, are you kind of getting my point here? Jesus is at the center of this Kairos time, and this Kairos time is God's time. And Paul, in the, in the book of Romans, he describes it like this. He says, And hope does not put us to shame, because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit, who has been given to us. You see... At just the right time, when we were still powerless, some translations say, while we were far away from God, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person someone might possibly dare to die. What I want you to hear in this passage is Kairos time. You see, at just the right time, while we were far from God. Did you catch that? At just the right time. If you and I are going to live our lives on purpose, which I hope we do, then we've got to get away from understanding the sum of our lives by the seconds and the minutes 
and the hours and the days and begin to see ourselves as people living in Kairos time, God's time. And at the center of God's time, at the center of this life that you and I lead, is a Savior who at the right time, while you and I were a long way off from God, died for us so that we could live. So that we can laugh together and cry together. So that we can plant and harvest together so that we can love and learn and live with a sense of purpose that has been part of God's design for us from the very beginning? Yes, it is true. If we want to be people who live on purpose, then we've got to be less concerned about watching the clock and more concerned that we are open to being recipients of God's redemptive work in our lives and in our world. You see, it's really a matter of uh, focus, really. And where we focus our energy can be on a clock or it can be on something really much more important than that. And at the end of the day, it's the dash between the dates that will determine the quality of our lives. So let me encourage you this morning as we continue in our worship, and we receive the, uh, and celebrate the Lord's Supper together, let me encourage you to take this opportunity right now to begin to measure your days, not by the number of activities you pack into a certain space in time, not by uh, how much you can get done, you know, on your yard, or, or how many miles you can drive to get to your next destination, but let me encourage you to think about the dash. Kairos time, God's time. Let's measure our days by living a life that reflects to our, the very heart of our being the redemptive presence of God and God's desire for us to reflect that presence There's two kinds of time, folks. We can't get away from Kronos time, I know that. But we can pay more attention to that other kind of time called Kairos time, God's time. So as we uh, continue in our worship today, I pray that God will be at work helping us find those spaces where we can see uh, at just the right time, Jesus showed up and continues to be with us even to this moment.